you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined in the Ram, in the heart of Bath, by Tom Hiscott, the author of the Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing really well. Obviously, nice to be off off work for a couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's good to see you. And yeah. Nice to be here. Have you bought me an Easter egg? It's on my list of things to do. Yeah, well, make sure you've got me one for next week, um, because it is, of course, we are approaching the Easter Bank Holiday weekend, which is one of my favourite times in the footballing calendar. We we normally get quite excited about the, the fixtures around Christmas um, which normally brings a lot of derbies but of course this is the other period in the calendar when we get a lot of derbies and we'll certainly be talking about derbies on today's um, on today's podcast. Um, we've got two interviews coming up um, later in the in the podcast. One from Danny Greaves of Bradford Town of course and in that we'll be previewing their big game on Good Friday against Melksham Town. El Canalico that's one for the old uh, Avon Canal. And, um, of course, um, the other interview will be with Clive Scott, uh, manager of Welton Rovers, and uh, he'll be previewing, amongst other things, the Coalfield Classic game. So we look, we look forward to, um, to that. But, uh, of course, the funny thing is, actually, normally we speak to managers who've won. Mm. But on this occasion, uh, both of them are, are suffering from a bit of a, a wobble at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it's wobble week on the podcast, <laughs> listeners. It's wobble week on the podcast. So we start um, this week's podcast not by looking back at the results on Tuesday the 20th of March but with a, with a, with a new responsibility an awesome responsibility that we're very grateful um, for the Western League um, to have bestowed upon us and that is the draw for the semi-finals of this year's um, Les Phillips Cup now of course I'm sure as many of you will, will know um, Les Phillips um, was the chairman of the Western League and um, really he's uh, credited as being the father of the Western League as we know it today largely because because of um, his um, his great work as chairman, where he was able to secure um, some very lucrative um, sponsorship deals uh, with Rothmans and, of course, with um, with Great Mills as well. So um, it's right that we remember Les's contribution. And before we do make this draw for the semi-finals of the uh, of our League Cup, now then we have we have the magic bag and we have the balls. Now, Tom, do you want to just for a bit of a side effect? Do you want to tinkle the balls just so that we can tinkle your balls, Tom? so that we can that's it they're very much there in our in our little bag they are um, numbered one to four and uh, number one is Bridgewater Town uh, number two Buckland Athletic or Brislington number three is Street and number four is Bridport or Shepton Mallet now the home team will be drawn first obviously the away side second um, and um, Tom is going to be the um, he's going to be our draw master so I shall hold the bag while Tom reaches in for the balls right then Tom um, drum roll please um, I don't know whether we need to announce these in the style of Graham Kelly <laughs> um, but and there's one for the teenagers but right then okay without any further ado Tom will you will you draw out our first semi-finalist and the home team Number one. Number one. So that is Bridgewater Town. Bridgewater, of course, are two times Challenge Cup winners, two times Les Phillips Cup winners. Bridgewater have um, their route to the semi-final uh, involve victories over Chipping Sodbury Town, uh, Wellington and uh, Bitten. In uh, all three rounds so far, Bridgewater have been at home and they uh, have just been drawn by Tom to be at home one more time. Now let's see who Bridgewater will face, Tom. 
and it's number four. It's Bridport or Shepton Mallet. Bridport are three times Challenge Cup winners. Shepton Mallet have never won this trophy in either its guise as the Challenge Cup or the Les Phillips Cup. Now, if we look at Bridport's road to the semi-final, um, we can see uh, that that started at home with a thumping win over Canesham in the preliminary round. And they've also enjoyed victories uh, at home to Willand and away to Chard. Um, so um, uh, their game, of course, against uh, Shepton Mallet um, is uh, one of the quarterfinals that needs to be replayed. If we look at Shepton Mallet, uh, their form in the uh, in the competition um, so far, uh, they were they were winners away three one at Ashton and Backwell, at home two nil two devises um, before they um, they come up against Bridport. So um, Bridport will be away. Bridport or Shepton Mallet will be away to Bridgewater Town. Now for our second semi-final, Tom, um, two more balls in the bag. Who will get the home tie? going to be number three are at home. Number three are at home. So that's Street, and they have never won um, this competition in either of its guises. Um, their road to the semi-final um, was a, a thrilling victory in the first round in extra time to high-flying uh, Premier Division rivals Bradford Town. Um, they also had another home tie against Chippenham Park and another home tie against Cribs. So Street are another lucky side um, who've been uh, drawn at home uh, in this competition. And finally, of course, that leaves us with yeah, ball number two, and that is Buckland Athletic or Brislington. Now, neither of these sides have, have won the, uh, uh, the, this competition in either of its forms. Buckland Athletic, uh, they, were, they were winners 2-0 uh, to Corsham away uh, to Warminster they won 1-0 um, they're tied with Brislington of course yet to be played Brislington uh, winners 4-1 at home to Sherbourne and um, 2-1 at home to Melksham Town so uh, that concludes the draw for the um, for the Les Phillips uh, for the Les Phillips Cup um, what do you make of that then Tom? Firstly well, yeah what an honour um, I think both teams obviously that have been drawn at home uh, looking at Brid- Bridgewater and Street probably go into those games as favourites, depending on how, how, how form's looking in, in the next few weeks. But, um, yeah, pretty lucky to, to have had, had home drawns all the way so far. We wish good luck to all of the sides uh, left in this year's competition. So just to um, remind you of those fixtures, Bridgewater Town have been drawn um, at home to play uh, Bridport or Shepton Mallet, while Street will face either Buckland Athletic or Brislington. Now, those fixtures at the moment, because of the massive um, fixture congestion that we're experiencing at the moment, there is no date yet confirmed for those fixtures, but obviously, with the season extended into May, it is likely that those fixtures will be slotted in sometime in April or indeed May itself. Um, more news of that, of course, will be announced by the Western League um, when, uh, when suitable dates for those for those uh, Les Phillips um, matches can be um, um, can be found but of course we've got the small matter of some rearranged fixtures as well to get us through the quarterfinals right then Tom well we better get back to normal business um, we start with um, the uh, the matches on Tuesday the 20th of March in the Premier Division Bridgewater Town took on Odd Down yeah another home win for Bridgewater seemed to be picking up quite a lot recently uh, and it was Jack Taylor he's in good form 63rd minute goal uh, from him helping them to a 1-0 win at home to Oddam. 
Bit of a basement battle this one. Hallen took on Cadbury Heath. Yeah, and back-to-back wins this made it for Hallen. Uh, a 3-2 victory uh, home to Cadbury Heath, uh, and it was goals from Luke Mills, Matt Davis and Tom Collett helping them to, to the three points. And in the first division, um, Devizes Town took on high-flying Canesham Town. Indeed, uh, and it was a 1-0 win there uh, for Canesham, uh, despite being down to 10 men for quite a lot of the match. Uh, after James Ollis's 33rd minute dismissal, uh, they managed to, to, to manage to get all three points, and it was Jordan Price scoring 17 minutes from time uh, in that win for them. And Malmesbury Victoria, they were at home to Oldland Abertonians. Yeah, and a home win uh, for Malmesbury, 3 1 win uh, home to Oldland. Uh, and it was Anthony Brown, Christian Hext, and Jamie Packer on the score sheet for them. And Portishead, they entertained Calm Town. Yeah, indeed, uh, an away win uh, for Calm at Porter's Head, uh, who are struggling a bit at the moment. Uh, and it was goals from Rory Worthington and Max Wyatt helping uh, Calm to the three points. And finally, uh, Radstock Town, they had a very good home win against Corsham Town. Yeah, really impressive. Uh, 4-1 uh, home. Uh, and it was uh, James Rustall, who's obviously doing really well for them this season, their top scorer. He was among the goal, uh, among the, in the goals uh, for Radstock on that evening. Yeah, 4-1 win at home to Corsham. Now we move to Wednesday, the 21st of March. Three games in the Premier Division, and we kick off with the top-of-the-table clash between Bradford Town and Street. Yeah, indeed, and there doesn't seem to be any stopping Street. Uh, a 3-0 win uh, away at Trowbridge Road. Uh, they took the lead uh, in the first half, thanks to an own goal. Uh, and then after the break, it was Craig Herrod and Josh Wadham. Uh, he's doing well at the moment. Uh, yeah, so it's a 3-0 win for them. Uh, extending their lead at the at that, that moment to 15 points. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, not not much can be done to stop them at the moment. Yeah, Bradford, the latest team to, to come unstuck. Well, I, I think um, that pretty much sees them home and hose, doesn't it? Really? I know Richard Fay won't thank me for saying that. Um, and of course, I mean, there's obviously still interest in the Les Phillips Cup. But I mean, if you can beat one of your nearest rivals away from home so convincingly, then I think that that says an awful lot about um, what Street are all about this season. And we, 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 we take our collective hat off to them for that. Um, another impressive uh, result, uh, Bridport at home to Wells City. Yeah, Wells letting in a fair few goals at the moment and this was yeah no different a 6-1 win for Bridport uh, and it was three players scoring twice on the evening so Leighton Thomas Mark Salter and Oscar Latus so yeah all grabbing braces uh, and it was yeah a 6-1 win for Bridport and I believe that Mark Salter's closing in on something of an, of an awesome record isn't he? Yeah, I believe he's two or three away from 500 career goals he might even be closer than that but yeah we'll have to keep an eye on that one because I know he's um, yeah, nearing on something yeah, as you say pretty special There's a podcast in itself isn't there we've yeah. got to go down to Bridport yeah. and spend some time with a great man uh, Wellington uh, was our final fixture on Wednesday the 21st of March they entertained Clevedon Town yeah they did but it was uh, Clevedon who came away with the three points and away win uh, 2-0 victory for them uh, and it was goals either side of half time so Saiku Jane and Jack Sell helping Clevedon to the 2-0 win and in the first division Bristol Telephones they entertained Welton Rovers they did uh, on Wednesday evening yeah and uh, they've claimed their first three points uh, since January Bristol Telephones this one uh, a 4-2 win uh, at home to Welton um, I made a big play about um, Welton Rovers' excellent social media account. They post a lot of the goals that they score in their games. I think um, that um, Gareth Paisley does a fantastic job. But unfortunately, when I was looking at the uh, Welton Rovers' Twitter feed on, um, on Wednesday evening, I wasn't very pleased to see some other rather unsavoury pictures. Um, Welton Rovers is a, is a club I've spent a lot of time following. And uh, members of the Green Army are, you know, they're fanatical, as, as every supporter is of their side in the Tool Station Western League. But unsavoury scenes there um, I think at that, at that match and, um, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm reliably informed that the incident in question which involved Gareth uh, where he, he, he received a, um, a, a smack in the face um, 
uh, is being looked at by the Gloucester, Gloucestershire Football Association. So not something we want to see creeping into our game. Bad enough that it happens at international level and in the professional game. It's certainly not something we want to see in the uh, Tool Station Western League. Anyway, moving on, um, Chardtown, they were at home to Bishops Lydiard. Yeah, they were indeed, and they came from behind this one to, to claim all three points. Uh, second half goals for them from Liam Cleal and Steve Friend, yeah, helping them overcome uh, Bishops Lydiard. So a 2-1 win for, for Chard. And finally, Westbury United um, in the well. It's, I suppose it was certainly the game of the day in the first division. But if you know, um, I think we called it Wonderful Wednesday, didn't we? Last last week on the podcast with that Bradford Street match. Well, this was equally important, right at the very top of the first division. Westbury United at home to Roman Glass St George. Yeah, the first half of their um, promotion battle double, I suppose. Yeah, Westbury at home to home to Roman Glass, and they claimed a three 0 win. So yeah, a pretty impressive uh, result for them. And it was Dan Kovacs, obviously their leading scorer this season. He opened the scoring uh, after just 14 minutes. Uh, and then Jamie Jordan uh, doubled that advantage just before the break. Um, Roman Glass were pretty unfortunate from, from all accounts not to get a penalty uh, early in the second half. Uh, but yeah, uh, after that, Westbury pushed on in a third goal uh, from Josh Ferguson pretty late on. Uh, made it 3-0 and that was yeah how it stayed in a 3-0 win for Westbury. We've already done the draw for the Les Phillips Cup semi-final, but there were quarter-final games on Saturday the 24th of March. And we start with Bridgewater Town. They were at home to Bitten. Yeah, indeed. And a 4-0 win for Bridgewater. So, yeah, I mean, again, I mentioned their home form, but, yeah, it doesn't seem to be, be slowing up. A 4-0 win at, at Fairfax Park over Bitten. Uh, and it was Jack Taylor again who did pretty well. Uh, he assisted Ryan Burrows uh, to, to score the opener before then uh, doubling doubling their lead just before half-time. Uh, he then scored again to make it 3-0 to pretty much put the result beyond doubt uh, before Jack Jenkins scored another one. Uh, five minutes from time to, to yeah, to, to complete the, uh, the scoring in Bridgewater, yeah, through to the next round, as we know. Well, there was continued um, weather interruptions um, with the football this weekend and the Les Phillips Cup arguably hit hardest because neither Bridport and Shepton Mallet or Buckland Athletic against Brislington could uh, could get on. Uh, of course it, the, 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 I suppose the, the happy consequence of both sides is it has put them both in the hat for the semi-finals but anyway um, so we conclude our look at the Les Phillips Cup with uh, Street against Cribs. Yeah indeed uh, Street very much bringing their uh, league form into the cup. Uh, another home uh, game as we mentioned uh, during the draw earlier so yeah a 3-0 win at home to Cribs for them and after two goals in the first uh, 12 minutes from Steve Murray the game was uh, yeah going streets away very much uh, before Harry Foster then wrapped up the victory uh, late on with their third so yeah a 3-0 win for Street uh, over Cribs Chipping Sodbury Town were at home to Bradford Town yeah indeed a pretty surprising result here uh, a 3-1 win for Chipping Sodbury over Bradford obviously uh, chasing second spot uh, but yeah came unstuck against Chipping Sodbury who yeah George Box scoring hat-trick I mean hadn't gained three points in over, uh, over two months uh, so obviously yeah, not in the greatest of form uh, but, and, and after finding himself level at the break um, Matt Morris had scored for Bradford uh, but yeah Box then t- uh, led the charge in the second half scoring an extra an extra two goals and uh, yeah handing Chipping Sobbury the 3-1 win and a good crowd um, for that game as well. Well, we haven't caught up with Danny Greaves for a while, and I was keen to get his thoughts on Bradford's fight for second place. That's certainly the league within a league at the top of the Premier Division with Street, the runaway leaders at the top. But Bradford are locked in a battle for second with Melksham Town, Willand Rovers, and, um, and quite possibly Buckland Athletic as well. Anyway, I started off by asking Danny about what's proving to be a mini-wobble. No wins in the last three games. Um, yeah, no, it's, um, it's definitely an exciting, exciting uh, time um, in the season, and, and as you say, we've um, we haven't won in the last three games. Um, 
some some would say we're having a having a little a little wobble, um, which is fair. Um, but I mean, if you if you've watched the last three games, especially the the Hengrove and the Chip and Sodbury game, um, they're games in my opinion that we should have won. Um, unfortunately, um, in the last probably month or so, actually, um, individual errors are, are costing us goals and. Um, Unfortunately, in the in the last three games, um, the individual errors have cost us goals and ultimately cost us points. Um, whereas maybe you expect players to make mistakes at this level. Um, maybe earlier on in the season, those individual mistakes weren't getting punished, or maybe we were comfortable in games where we we had done enough to get to, to secure the three points. Um, but unfortunately, at the moment, they're, they're costing us. And as you go through go through a season you're going to have a wobble and, and hopefully this is this is ours and, and we can come out the other, other side of it and kick on again. Well, well, I hope you take that question as a backhanded compliment because um, <clears throat> I've certainly got used to seeing you win every week and of course when um, you know when when uh, when those runs come to an end when those impressive runs come to an end um, then uh, obviously I suppose it's a little bit more noticeable but it but it is indeed a compliment because you're currently sitting in third in the Premier Division now you had your best ever season last year when we spoke in October of this year um, you pointed that out um, and this season the um, the target was to finish better than the fifth place to finish that you managed last season so in fairness to you you are on track to do that aren't you? Yeah, we are. We are. Um, and that, that was the aim um, at the start of the season, to, tr- to, to try and better. Last season, it was to, obviously my first season in charge, and it was to try and stabilise uh, stabilize the club with a, a bit of a turnover in the summer. Um, and we actually exceeded that and went on and had a, had a really good season. And, and this season, um, the aim was to try and push on. And, and again, um, we, we, we've done that. I think we're we're only six points off last year's target and um, last year's points tally. Um, and considering that was um, that was our best ever finish in the in the Western Premier Division, and we're sat here now with with eight games to go, and we're only six points off our um, what we what we achieved for the whole of last season. Um, then we're, we're definitely um, in a much better in a much better place. So. Um, it's definitely uh, definitely been a positive season and, and one that hopefully um, can continue to get better as we uh, kick on. The, the fact of the matter is, though, it's so tight at the top of the Premier Division, not necessarily at the very top, because Street do appear to be running away with it a bit, um, but in that sort of mini-league that's just below, the battle for second is really what we're talking about. You've been so impressive throughout the season. Well, will part of you be disappointed uh, you know, if if you if you can't grab that second spot, or are you able to are you able to focus on last season's points tally and um, and that fifth place finish? I think ultimately, when you when you get to the to the last month of the season and you, and you've put yourself in a position that that we have, um, if you if you don't go on and um, achieve achieve that second spot finish, then um, then you would be you would be disappointed. It's natural um, natural feeling, but. I think sometimes you've got to take a step back and, and realise where you come from. Um, like I've said, I think I've said many times before that Bradford very very short short history um, compared to a lot of the other clubs in in this league, and um, we don't need promotion as such. It sounds a silly thing to say, but we don't need promotion. There are other clubs in this league who have maybe um, gone for it in terms of the playing budget this year, or. Um, develop their facilities, or um, they've maybe come down from from a higher league and need to get back up, or or they've been established in this Western League for many many years, and, and it's time for them to now push on. Um, so those clubs need promotion. Um, we don't. We've only been in this. This is our fourth year in this league. 
Um, and we just want to keep pushing on each year. That's not to say we don't want it. We just don't need it at this stage. Um, but when you get to eight games um, left of the season and you're one point off, off second, then, of course, you're going to give it everything you've got to, to try and succeed. Well, in those eight games, you've got still to play Melksham, Buckland and Willand. So do you feel that, uh, that this is still in your own hands? It's, it, in terms of the uh, mathematical side of it, it's not in our hands. Um, we know that. There's, um, there's other clubs now in, in, in better positions than us, um, and, and credit to them. Um, I think you've got, to, you've got to give credit to, to Street first and foremost for the season that they've had and the run that they've been on. Um, but then you look at um, the likes of Melksham, who was sat above us, um, and they probably would be thinking that they're going to go and kick on now and, and um, get that promotion spot. You've also got us who, who are chasing them. Um, you've got um, Willand, as you mentioned, who've had a, another another great season. And people aren't talking about Buckland. Um, Buckland's uh, down in fifth place at the moment and games in hand, and, and they're right in the mix as well with, with the run that they've been on. So um, it's a really good league, um, and it's really, really exciting at the top of the league, and it's a, a good, good place to be in that company. Yeah, you mentioned Buckland's games in hand. Two other sides that have got a lot of games in hand are Cadbury Heath and Bridport, and um, both of those are sides that you're going to come up against. Looking at the fixture schedule between now and the end of April, the fixture gods have been quite kind to you, but um, um, you, you don't seem to have... I, I don't think you've got three games in any one week, um, which, of course, other sides, and particularly those who've been very affected by the weather, um, will have to try and uh, cope with. I mean, have you... Have you had any? Have you got any thoughts? You've clearly you've clearly looked at the maths of the league table. Have you got any thoughts on the fixture backlog and how it's going to affect the race for the title? Because clearly, player fatigue, player availability is going to be a factor. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think I think you're right. That could play a part. I think the teams with um, the strongest squads and and you look around at the likes of um, Melksham um, and their squad. They've clearly got a very very good squad and. Um, I think the teams with, with those strong squads will will ultimately go on and succeed. But um, I think it's um, it all evens itself out over the course of the season. I mean, we 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 have been fortunate enough. Uh, the people at our club have done a terrific job to to get the amount of games on that they have. Um, and there's no no like fault of, of other clubs in this league because the weather's been horrendous this year. But um, our, our club have done a great job to get games on when when maybe they could have been touch and go to get off and. Um, during those periods, we were playing a number of games in um, in a short space of time, and, and that could have taken its toll on on our players um, earlier on in the season. Um, but you're right; we haven't got we haven't got three games um, a week taking us up to the end of the season. So maybe that that might be a little a little slight advantage. Advantage, but um, time time will tell. Now, one of the names of the clubs you've been dropping in this interview is Melksham, of course, your, your near neighbours. And um, we have the small matter of a derby at Oakfield Stadium on, on Good Friday. It's, it's a fantastic occasion for the fans. It's a fantastic derby um, uh, in the Western League. I know it's been incredibly well supported. And actually, when we think of the monster attendances that Melksham have been able to command since their ground move from the Conagher, um, it's set to... Pro- it, well, it, 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 I'm sure it's set to be a record breaking um, gate um, for a for a Melksham Bradford uh, derby. Uh, I mean, are you are you looking? At, <clears throat> how do you prepare for a game like this? Are you are you looking forward to it? Are the are the uh, you know are your players keen on the opportunity to go there and um, and uh, turn uh, you know and, and, and turn over the form guide? 
yeah, you've got to be you've got to be looking forward to this. Obviously, um, a lot of um, a lot of respect for for what the, what they've done um, over at Melksham. Um, obviously, they've had a, a great fans run like like we have, but they went one step further, and I think it's a record breaking um, run for them in the virus. Um That's a massive achievement, as I said said last time. Um, and um, they've been on a they, since then. They've been on a great run in, in the league, and um, they're they're sat in seconds. Um, and the league table doesn't lie. We always say that the league table doesn't lie. They are the second best team in this league at, at this moment in time, and um, we go into that game as, as underdogs. Um, but it's, it's a game that we look forward to. I mean, the, the facilities are a different class. The, the pitch is, is is very good, and and hopefully, as you say, um, given where we both are in the league, um, we, we should get a very good attendance. And as a player, manager, coach, um, supporter of both sides, it's a game that you, you've got to be looking forward to. Um, but for us, I think we, we go into it with, with no pressure. Again, I'm I've, I've talking about um, how far we've come as a club. And um, last year, um, Melksham finished 17 points above us um, at the end of the season, which is a huge gap. And we go into the last month of the season one, one point behind them. So that either shows that maybe other clubs haven't progressed as, as much as they possibly could have done, or looking at ourselves, which I, I think I've got, I've got to do, we've, we've progressed a hell of a lot since then, and um, like I say, hopefully we can, we can go on and push on again. Well, I think we'd better finish this uh, interview with a call to action, haven't we, to your fans. Your, your fans have been f- tremendous this season, haven't they, Danny? They followed you um, in the Vars in good number um, on that incredible run that you had. And I know that in the league, in the big games that you've had in the league, they've, um, they've been in force as well. I, I mean, I've watched... Um, I watched Melchon play Bradford in a, in a Wiltshire um, County Cup final and the, the support that, that came from um, from um, Bradford on that occasion was, was absolutely fantastic. Now we know that there is going to be a big crowd for Melksham but I'm sure that you will want as many um, Bradford fans as possible to be making not only the short journey across to, to Melksham but also to make themselves heard on the day so that your boys know that they're, that they're not alone in that big old stadium. Yeah definitely um, again just to give credit to the fans um at home, um, our attendances have doubled versus where they were two years ago. So that shows people are coming back out to support the club, which is great. Um, and our away following um, has been has been superb. Going travelling down to Buckland, to Newport Isle White in the Vars, all the way up to to Mask in the in the Vars as well. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure once again they'll come out in their numbers and they'll make themselves make themselves heard. And it would just be um, it would just be good um, to to give them something to to shout about and. And in these derbies, um, all, all fans ask for. Um, obviously, they want the win, but ultimately, what they what they want is for you to give 100% effort and, and fight and and show a bit of passion for the for the badge and the club. And, and our players will, will definitely be doing that because um, I think possibly in the in the two out of the three games that we played in the last couple of years, we possibly haven't done that. Um, and we we've, we've got to try and put that right and um, just give a little bit of thank you back to to our fans and, and the club. And my thanks to Danny for his time. Uh, now, moving on in the Premier Division, Clevedon Town, they were at home to Willand Rovers. Yeah, and Willand, one of those teams chasing second. Uh, they gained three points on Saturday, a 2 0 win uh, away at Clevedon. Uh, and that was thanks to a penalty from Brad Austin uh, and then also a second half goal from Eden Moyle. Yeah, so a 2 0 win for Willand. Hengrove Athletic, they, were, they entertained Melksham Town. And it was a 21st minute strike uh, from Rob Hobbs, yeah, helping them to the, the three points. Another team very much. Uh, keeping the pressure uh, on the others of battling for second. 
And now the battle for the basement. It's Longwell Green Sports against Wells City. Mm, a 3-1 win for Longwell Green. Obviously had that um, brilliant increase in form a couple, of, maybe about a month ago. Uh, dropped off a little bit, but they're back to winning ways, keeping that faint hope of uh, yeah survival alive. Uh, a 3-1 win at home to Wells, uh, and Ben Allen and Joe Woodley were very much the stars. They're both scoring for uh, Longwell Green Sports during that win. Now, odd down, they're your team, Tom. And uh, am I right in thinking that they're on something of a resurgence at the moment? That's another good win, this time at home to Cadbury Heath. A little bit, yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, a 3-2 win, uh, this one. Uh, climbing up the table a little bit, and they got off to an absolute flyer in this one. Opening minute, uh, and Ash McGrain then put them ahead. Uh, and then in either half, uh, goals from Lewis Dunn, both free kicks. Um, pretty, pretty good goals from what I've heard. And yeah, giving them a 3-2 win at home to Cadbury Heath. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just whacked Tom in the face with a microphone. Um, Wellington, Wellington, they're at home to Hallen. Yeah, indeed. Uh, that one finishing goal is there. As we said, there's always one, but um, there usually isn't one, but there was this weekend. Yeah, a nil nil draw between Wellington and Hallen. Well, there might be more than one. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. As we move down into the first division, um, unfortunately, Ormondsbury against Portishead and Chardtown against Cheddar couldn't beat the weather. But um, hats off all round to everybody at Corsham Town and indeed Chippenham Park. 264 um, people attended this Wiltshire derby. Absolutely fantastic. What a shame that they that they didn't have any goals to celebrate. Yeah, indeed. 264. That was the second highest uh, uh, attendance in that division this season. So, yeah, hats off, as you say. But no goals. Um, yeah, nil-nil draw there between Corsham and Chippenham. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully more for the fans to enjoy over the Easter period. Well, if uh, there weren't goals in Corsham, then you only had to go a few miles down the road to Devizes, where there were four as Devizes Town took on Bishop Sutton. Yeah, all four of them coming for Devizes. Uh, a 4-0 win at home to Bishop Sutton, as you say. Uh, two goals from Jack Hopper, uh, and then also Josh Brigham and Tom Slater on the score sheet there. Yeah, Devizes doing pretty well this season. I think we'll be happy with how things are going. Now, sadly, Malmesbury, Victoria and Bishops, Lydiard and Oldland, Abertonians against Bristol Telephones both fell foul of the weather. Of course, we had Scott Armstrong, the Oldland manager, on, and I know he's growing increasingly frustrated at uh, his team's lack of action. And, uh, of course, as we creep now ever closer to April, it's leaving us effectively only a month or so um, to fulfil what, in Oldland's case, is, is very nearly a quarter of a season's fixtures. So, um, uh, well, anyway, watch this space. Hopefully they'll get some football soon there was football at Warminster Town and the visitors were Sherbourne yeah and the visitors came away with all three points uh, despite losing uh, Harry van der Waal he's been doing extremely well uh, of late uh, 16th minute he went off injured uh, but Sherbourne managed to regroup and uh, after half time it was goals from Mark Haynes and then late on uh, Tim Trevitt helping them to a 2-0 win over Warminster so Welton Rovers, they took on high-flying Roman Glass St George. They did, uh, and it was Roman Glass St George responding well to obviously the, the defeat in midweek. Uh, a 1-0 win for them against Welton, uh, and it was a penalty just on the hour mark, uh, converted by Joe Swift, which helped them to, to gain the three points and, yeah, um, very much stay in the title race. 
Well, we haven't heard from Clive Scott for a while, and uh, the Welland Rovers manager has a number of interests in the uh, tool station Western League that don't just include his own charges at Welland Rovers. Anyway, that aside, um, I took this opportunity to catch up with Clive, and I started by asking him about that narrow defeat to high-flying Roman Glass St George. Um, yeah, a bit disappointed with the, the defeat. Um, I, think, I think the boys played well enough to, you know, deserve a point. Um, a bit of a defensive error, give away the penalty late on, but, you know, uh, generally I was quite happy with the whole boys' performance, really. You've had a frustrating march, haven't you, um, really? It was a sort of not a great time for you to play Roman Glass, but um, um, certainly earlier in the season, uh, February was a much better month for you. Yeah, we've yeah we've had a bit of a dip. Um, as I explained to the boys, we're going to have to play through it. And I thought it was going to be the start of it when we played against Roma. To be honest, I did feel a bit confident with that game. But we do tend to raise our standard when you know we play um, the, the higher so much teams. Um, so it's the, it's the lesser side we kind of don't turn up to, if you see what I mean. Um, but yeah. I, it, it was always going to be a tough time with all the backlog of games and everything. So we have to knuckle down and, and get towards it, really. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the backlog because your April is pretty relentless, isn't it? <laughs> games on the 2nd, on the 4th, on the 7th, on the 9th and the 11th. Um, I mean, it's... Um, uh, and, I, and I could go on, actually. It's, uh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, are you, putting, are you putting a brave face on it? Or how do you feel about this? Um... I'm okay. I'm okay because at the end of the day, we we have got a good squad, um, and I've got a good reserves squad too. So I can dip in and out when you know when people aren't available because everybody's not going to feature in every game. So it will be a lot of um, shifting about. But I think the boys are well up for it, and they're they're good to go with it. They all know what 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 it is. I think they're ready to go. I mean, because you, you're gonna. If I look at your fixtures, you've got games against Westbury and Canesham. Obviously, you've just played Roman Glass, so quite possibly you will play a role, you'll, you'll play a part in the sort of the final title and promotion shake-up because it's an incredibly tight um, pr- promotion race, isn't it, at the top of the first division this year? It is, and I knew, we'd, I knew we'd play an actual part in the deciding of it. We can, we can take points off of either side, to be honest, on our day. So we <laughs> we will play a part in it, but I don't think we're a bit far off of it for our own benefit. But top four finish would be good for us, um, and it'd be you know sort of um, a marked improvement on last season for sure. Well, it, it certainly would. And when we spoke earlier in the season, we spoke in October. Uh, and at the time, you said to me that obviously you wanted to improve on last season, but you, you were targeting a top six finish. You're currently yeah. in fifth, so you've got your eyes on fourth place. I think realistically, that's, that's, you know, top four finish would be realistic for us. We, we've left ourselves a bit much to do to go any further than that. They know they can do it. I know they can do it. So it'd be nice for them to finish in the top four as a, you know, a big thank you to the club and, you know, the board and whatever supported us through the whole thing, you know, and they continue to support us. So it'd be a, you know, a nice thank you to them, really, if we do finish up that high. Well, well, that adds a new dimension to your Good Friday game, doesn't it? The Coldfield <laughs> Classico, where you have a chance to take on the team that are currently sitting in fourth in the first division. None other than the noisy neighbours, Radstock Town. 
one point above you in the league, so three points and um, and local bragging rights would would put you in fourth, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely. We are, we are the club one, so um, like we can put to rest the first game away at their place, but we can rectify all by just being playing the court if we. To be honest. Now, I mean, this isn't your first Coalfield Classico, is it? Um, no. And the, these games, particularly in the Soma Valley, are incredibly um, um, well attended and um, keenly, um, you know, looked forward to. So, I mean, what's it like in the build-up to um, um, this Good Friday game? I mean, is it just like any other game, or because well, it's again, you know, because it's Radstock, is it is it different? Is, is there a buzz around your squad? There is a buzz, but I try to play it low-key really to be honest um, I'd prefer you know if they didn't treat it as a pressure pot <laughs> and go on and play their normal stuff because on our on our normal day normal game um, I believe we'll, we'll take all three so if you don't put yourselves under any undue pressure we'll be fine with it uh, well I, I better shut up then didn't I because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hyping this one up. I mean, one thing that we can say about it, though, is obviously it's a great occasion for the supporters, and I'm sure that the club will be hoping for a bumper crowd because this is one of the fixtures. Um, you know, when, when we get the when we get the, um, the the bank holiday games, obviously you mentioned the um, um, the Boxing Day game and um, before as well. But but the, the crowds really do come out for this, and of course, with it being at West Clues, it's a really good day for the local people to get behind the club and obviously put a few quid in the till. Definitely. I mean, the last one we had at Arrow, uh, the Boxing Day one, I think was our place last season, um, we had a bumper crowd of 400 and odd plus. Um, I'd like to say if the weather was a bit better, we'd, we'd go somewhere to get in somewhere near that this, this Friday, um, which would be good for the club and, uh, you know, obviously put some money over the bar as well for us. Um, yeah, good attendance would be really good. But I, suppose, for that for sure. I suppose it doesn't, you know, in, in, in the grand... Well, it's a six-pointer, isn't it, at the top of the table because because you're playing, regardless of who of what they're called, you are playing the side in, in fourth. But I suppose, actually, you know, if you win that game and you and you, you, you fail at home to Devizes and, and Oldland Abertonians, it sort of is, is all for nothing, really. There's still plenty yeah, of exactly. football to be played in this of, season, isn't there? work for us to do. You know, uh, yeah, there is plenty of work for us to do. We can't just go by the one game. We've got lots of work to do. And so little time to do it in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah, it's going to be an action-packed um, conclusion to the season. Before I let you go, um, I, I want to have a I want to have a conversation with you about another Scott, um, because um, your son is playing for Bradford Town at the moment, isn't he? Yes. Yes. <laughs> now, obviously, yes, yes. You, you don't get. I, I would imagine that you don't get a, much of a chance to watch many many of his games. But Bradford find themselves locked in a fight for second place and possible promotion. Um, this season so how do you think Bradford going to get on they have the potential to finish up I think Street are a bit too far ahead to be caught um, and they won't slip up now I don't think but Bradford um, depending on how they get on at Melksham is going to determine the rest of their season I believe um, I hope they really do well and push for it they have to, they've got the squad for it and with their future plans I think they deserve to go up I mean, he's surrounded by a few familiar faces, isn't he? Because, of course, there's Dan Cottle, who had a, who had a, a shining career at, at Welton Rovers. There's a few other uh, well, former Welton yeah, players there's, there. There's like four or five of them in there from, from here, from Welton. So, 
So it's, it's all good. It is, isn't it, really? And I mean, obviously, your relationship, um, you know, it, it makes for a nice, um, it makes it makes for a nice link. And of course, it's, it, it reminds us that the Western League, you know, is a family league. And I suppose that's even more um, the case when um, you've got the father at, at manager at Welton and the son um, um, pulling up trees at, um, at Bradford Town. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's a great league. You know, I don't think people give it the respect that it's due, to be honest. It always has been a good league. People don't, um, a lot of people don't actually realise how difficult the league is. You know, as you know, step up from junior football and such like, they don't realise, you know, how difficult the league is, and it's a good league. And my thanks to Clive for his time. Now, finally, in the first division, we have the small matter of league leaders, uh, Westbury United against high-flying Canesham. Of course, Westbury had a fantastic result earlier in the week on wonderful Wednesday when they um, recorded a 3-0 comprehensive home win against Roman Glass. Could they see off their other title rivals? Indeed, yeah, they backed it up perfectly. Uh, a 2-0 win uh, home to Canesham, uh, Meadow Lane. As you say, beating Rimglass on, on Wednesday uh, and then another three points on Saturday. And it was goals either side of the break uh, from Joe Stradling uh, and again Josh Ferguson. So scoring against both of their title rivals uh, in the space of a couple of days, yeah, and keeping another clean sheet. So, yeah, uh, three more points for Westbury and, and, and the perfect week continues. And as we move into uh, this week, Monday the 26th of March, there was a game in the Premier Division between Bridport and Bridgewater Town. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a 1-0 win for uh, Bridport, and it was Andy Martin uh, scoring just after the half-hour mark, uh, which was enough for them to claim the 1-0 win at St Mary's Field. Right then, well, we take a look ahead to Tuesday the 27th of March. I'll run you through the Premier Division and Tom can tell you what's going on in the first. So, Brislington against Will and Rovers. Cadbury Heave take on Shepton Mallet. Chipping Sudbury Town, they take on Cleveland Town. Hallen against Hengrove. And Wells City entertain Bitten. All of those are 7.30 kickoffs. And three games in the First Division, Tom. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we've got Cheddar versus Devizes Town. We've got Chippenham Park uh, hosting Radstock. And finally, Bishop Sutton travels to take on Malmesbury. And in the first division on Wednesday, the 28th of March, Oldland Abertonians take on Portis Head. Uh, Thursday, we do have a game in the Premier Division, Tom. Yeah, big one. Uh, we've got Willen versus Buckland. Obviously, as we've kind of discussed, Street probably pulled away now. Uh, but there's four teams there, uh, very much fighting for second second spot. Uh, and these are two of them. So, yeah, Buckland, a couple of games in hand. So they'll be wanting to, to yeah, get the three points uh, away at Willen. But obviously, they're doing well themselves at the moment. So, yeah, pretty big clash there on Thursday. Well, Good Friday is, of course, Derby Day. Uh, we've already talked about two of those matches earlier in the podcast, but, um, Tom, do you want to run us through the fixtures for Friday the 30th of March in the Premier Division? Sure. Quite a few kick-off, different kickoff times, so I will mention them if they're not 3 o'clock. So we've got Bitten versus Longwell Green Sports. Firstly, that's at 12 o'clock, so that's midday kickoff. Uh, we've got Chipping Sudbury Town versus Cadbury Heath. Uh, we've then got Hallen versus Cribs and Hengrove versus Brislington, and those last two are 1 o'clock kickoffs. Uh, we've got Melksham versus Bradford, as you mentioned, earlier. Uh, we've got Oddown versus Clevedon. Uh, Wells City, they travel to take on Shepton. That's another one o'clock kickoff. Uh, Bridport travel to take on uh, League Leader Street. Uh, and finally, Wellington host Bridgewater. And those last two are also one o'clock kickoffs. Right then, in the first division, Bishops Lydiard take on Chard in a three o'clock kickoff. 
Carn Town against Chippenham Park. That's a one o'clock kickoff. Cheddar entertain Bishop Sutton. That's a twelve o'clock kickoff. Devizes Town take on Corsham. That's a twelve thirty kickoff. Canesham Town take on Oldland Abertonians in a three o'clock kickoff. Malmesbury Victoria entertain Bristol Telephones in a one o'clock kickoff. Portishead Town they take on Ashton and Backwell United. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Roman Glass St George take on Almondsbury. That's a one o'clock kickoff. Welton Rovers against Radstock Town. The Coalfield Classico. That is a one thirty kickoff. Westbury against Warminster Town. That's a three o'clock kickoff. And finally, Wincanton Town against Sherborne Town. That is an eleven thirty kickoff. It wouldn't be the Easter holiday if you didn't have Easter Bank Holiday Monday, Tom. So, do you want to take us through the games on Monday, the second of April? Yeah. Bumper fixture list uh, over the next couple of days, obviously, yeah, d- pretty much double for, for both teams. So, yeah, uh, on Monday, the 2nd of April, uh, we start with Bitten versus Shepton Mallet. Uh, we've also got Bradford Town versus Halland, uh, Bridport versus Oddown, and those three are all three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, Wells City travel to take on Brislington, that's one o'clock kickoff. Uh, we've got the Athletics taking on each other. We've got Buckland versus Hengrove, and we also have Cadbury Heath against Wellington, which are both three o'clock kickoffs. We've got Chipping Subbury Town hosting Bridgewater at two o'clock. Clevedon take on the league leader street at one o'clock and also Cribs uh, take on Melksham at one o'clock and finally in the uh, the Premier Division uh, on Monday we have Longwell Green Sports against Willand and that is a three o'clock kickoff. Right then, <clears throat> now down in the first division, Bishop Sutton take on Radstock Town, Bristol Telephones against Ashton and Backwell United, Chard Town against Almondsbury, Cheddar entertain Westbury United, Chippenham Park against Bishops Lydiard, Corsham Town take on Portishead Town. All of those are three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, two one o'clock kickoffs now: Roman Glass St George against Oldland Abertonians and Sherborne Town against Malmesbury Victoria. Those are both one o'clock kickoffs. The remaining fixtures all kick off at three o'clock. Warminster Town take on. Canesham Town, Wellen Rovers entertain Devizes Town, and finally Wincanton Town take on Carn Town. Now, I think we did the goal scorers last week, so we'll leave that alone for a bit, but um, the uh, the league table certainly making interesting reading as, um, as, as Street continue to dominate the Premier Division, Tom. Yeah, indeed. So, having played 29 games, uh, Street 77 points, uh, 14 points ahead of Melksham. Uh, they've played the same amount of games. They're on 63 points in second. Um, Bradford Town currently occupies third. They've played 30 games. They're on 62 points. Uh, and then Willand, uh, they're a further point back, so they're on 61 from 28 played. So they've got games in hand on all the teams above them. Uh, we then got Buckland as well in fifth uh, at the moment. They've only played 26. So, yeah, a couple more games in hand than uh, over, their, over their rivals for second spot. Potentially, they're on 53 points. So quite a way back, but the, their points are there to be gained. At the bottom, uh, we've got Wells City on 10 points from 30 games uh, Longwell Green Sports have also played 30 and they're on 15 points uh, Cadbury Heath up in 18th they've played 25 games they're on 21 points uh, and then Brislington in 17th uh, they're on 29 points a, a lot of discrepancy isn't there in, with, with some of these clubs I mean both Buckland at the top on only 26 and Cadbury Heath at the bottom on only 25 games played it's going to go one of two ways isn't it they're either going to end up fitting a lot of games in in a small period of time and getting an awful lot of points or actually getting very few because of player fatigue and availability and all that so interesting one to keep an eye on anyway in the first division our league leaders at the moment are Westbury United this has been changing hands dramatically over the last um, couple of weeks but I, I had a sneak suspicion that Westbury were going to come good. I think Roman Glass were the coming team, but um, obviously they did fall foul to uh, to Westbury recently. So um, all of the top three have played 34. Westbury have played 34 with 75 points. 
two more than Roman Glass, who've got 73 points, who've got one more than Canesham Town in third on 72 points. Now, we have the league within a league because Radstock Town, currently fourth in the first division, they've played 29. So that is, in fairness, five games um, behind um, um, uh, Canesham, but they've only got 51 points. And then um, Welton Rovers in fifth, they've played 31. They've got 50 points. Cheddar. 28 games played, 48 points. So that race for fourth is certainly very interesting. And don't discount devises either. Um, they've played 30, they've got 47 points. And then there's a whole clutch of teams, Chard, Oldland and Bishop Sutton, um, all on 44 points um, as we head down into the middle of the table. And uh, the strongest in the first division, holding the rest of them up, Warminster Town, played 33, they've got 23 points. Just above them, Portishead Town, played 34, 27 points. And then above them, Ashton and Backwell, played 32 29 points um, Sherbourne Town who for quite a long time were, were certainly at the bottom of the table but they've um, they seem to have enjoyed something of a resurgence they've played 34 they've got 30 points uh, and that's in 19th place well um, that pretty much concludes our, uh, our podcast this week I imagine that you had an awful lot to write in the non-league paper this week yeah indeed um, yeah bumper uh, bumper word count this week for the uh, yeah, Premier Division uh, roundup. so that was good Tom thank you very much for your time we will go and have another baby sham, but it's always very pleasant to see you here uh, at the Ram in Bath as, uh, as we conclude another episode of the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs> <laughs>